0: more than a few words of marketing podcasts for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today, I'm really excited about our program. Uh, my good friend, Ellen Dunnigan, has agreed to drop by. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. And for those of you who have not met Ellen, you can find her on Twitter, at Public Speak Indy. She is a public speaking, communication skills uh, advisor. She is one of the few people who will hold me accountable when I screw up. aha uh-huh. well, that may just have been my opening line. <laughs> but, uh, I was listening to that opening where you say that you're a podcast. And how did you say that again? What we're a marketing, marketing podcast? podcast. And today we're going to talk about how you choose your words and then, more importantly, how you spend much more time. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that. Much more time on how you say those words. So when I heard that the first time through, I heard you say we're a marketing podcast. And what I would challenge you is that podcast is not your really important word there. There are a lot of podcasts. What's the important word? The important word is that it is a marketing podcast. Yeah, so let's try that again where you you give it the whole spiel one time through. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm laughing because Ellen actually did hear me say this before the show. Um, But you're right. Um, Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. I'm not so much more dramatic and more dynamic. It gives people something to stick on. You know, when you use inflection like that, of course, that's the that's the brilliant part of it. They are going to stick on that word for just a second, and maybe at a subconscious level. But they're sticking on that, and that's what you want them to stick on, is that you're all about the marketing. Absolutely. So I'm going to be practicing that at home. (laughs) Um, Also uh, with us today, as always, is Allison Carter. Good morning, Allison. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to speak as little as possible today. (laughs) (laughs) But she is going to be um, manning the Twitter stream. So if you've got a comment or if you've got a question, be sure to use the hashtag MTFW and ask questions or provide comments feel free to put in italics or catch the most important words because we can't hear the inflection. um and if you want to talk to ellen and or share uh share via phone you can call it in at 805-285-9865 ellen as we were kind of talking about the program we were talking the thing that caught my attention initially was this idea of words in customer service do you want to kind of start with that and we'll cover some of the other topics as well when you're a customer service agent and you're on the telephone there's so much that you have to pay attention to of course you know many of our fine companies will train you and the the work that you're that you need to say those buzzwords that are important to them how to handle customer complaints what us say when a customer says X, you need to say Y, etc. That's a really important thing, customer service, that you do learn the words. And we spend a lot of time on the words, the messages uh, that we want people to hear and the messages even that we want them to read. Words are really important that, you know, we still say that content is king. I do want to say though, that we know from science that, uh, you know, 7% of what a person is going to remember about what you said is all about the word that you chose to use or the words that you chose to use. So, 93%. A full 93% is all about how you delivered that message. So that really leads, leads to the question, if they're not remembering the words, what can you do to make your message more impactful? Right. So when you think about how you deliver that message, 93% of what sticks in a person's brain how they're going to remember you later, it's all about body language, tone of voice, your eye contact the gestures and the movement that you use so when you're on the phone I don't know that it's uh, quite too important that you concentrate highly on gestures and movement however if you're not smiling when you're on that phone they can definitely tell us in your voice if you don't look like you're interested if you don't gesture once in a while to get across an important message you're going to know it you're just not being your full self absolutely you know I used to do a little bit of customer service training and the organization I was working with had mirrors right so right. that the customer service reps could see what they're looking mm-hmm. uh what you know what their facial expressions look like mm-hmm. when I do webinars and podcasts I make people sit in the office right. e- even though there's no reason and and Allison will come in and she's sitting exactly where she sits right now and she's working away but every now and then she turns around and she nods and smiles at me giving me that reinforcement to make it seem more like a conversation right you know uh, there are all kinds of tricks you can use for that i find even sometimes when i'm working with people on their public speaking you know they're they're practicing in front of me and it's just me and they've kind of gotten used to me over time so maybe they would uh, not have the same eye contact with me, or they would look down when they're practicing. And really, I want them to be looking at the people in the room. So we actually have gone to putting uh, faces on a stick on our <laughs> chair. that <laughs> they have to look at Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie and oh Patrick Lurney. That would be really high. <laughs> but that feedback that you get from people, even that they're looking at you and smiling, or if they are listening intently, and you can read that in their facial expression, that's real important. So, what about the words you choose? I mean, I know I've been caught in that customer service loop, um, and I I get to the point where if I hear I'm terribly sorry you're having this problem. One more time, and I know the person isn't really sorry, right. that's just in their script that I'm going to go through the phone and rip their lungs out, or, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a calm day. So the question is, what are the words and phrases that maybe you should be encouraging your people to use, or that you, you yourself should be using, that will prevent creating more animosity than sympathy? I think even that's a tough question because if you're having to say the same thing over and over again all day long it does get to be rather scripted for you right the important thing that I think many of the call centers are using now they do use a feedback loop they occasionally check those phone lines to see how are people doing with their communication skills they'll run frequent in services on how to stay fresh and not be uh, sound like they're tone deaf about the mm-hmm. message, so it doesn't sound so scripted. I don't know if there's any one particular phrase to use. I think the more important thing is to, to, to do some self-monitoring. You know, check yourself once in a while. Do you really sound like you're interested in that topic? Do you sound like you're the authority? Are you really the content expert? How can they tell that? Is it just the words that you're using? Or maybe should you beef it up on how you say those words? But there really is some science behind all of that. I have tried an experiment not too long ago, and it actually worked really well. Um, I'm from New York, and I have a short fuse. And when I end up on these customer service calls, it doesn't take long before I'm a little stressed. And, and, and perhaps my voice and tone have raised, and, and the person has stopped listening. And I had an interaction recently with PayPal, and instead of yelling, I simply got quieter and firmer. And I simply said things like, "I understand that you're sorry. I know that there is a resolution here, and and you just have to look for it." And I just kept repeating. I, I kind of found my loop. He's mm-hmm. like, "Well, but this is our system. I understand this is your system, but there has to be a human override of the system, and there has to be someone who can flip that switch." And I just and, and although he kept denying it was possible, I will tell you. That the $1,300 I was trying to get applied to my account was applied within a half an hour in the phone call. So this is sort of my whole new strategy, right? And people in the customer service roles, you know, they uh, find it to be somewhat of a game sometimes to uh, be as challenging as the person on the other end of the phone Mm -hmm. so if you escalate it's highly likely that they're going to escalate too or they're going to go into no ma'am we can't do that ma'am that's not our system ma'am we don't have a procedure for that Mm ma'am and so your ability to vary things up if you feel yourself you know getting louder getting tense getting terse, even on the phone if you do vary that in the next statement you go downward Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you just get very matter of fact and you stay polite. It's a chance that they'll follow that. That is a part of the science. When uh, you use any kind of um, faster speaking or a lower tone, the other person that you're talking to, whether it's in front of them or over the phone, they're likely to match your tempo if they care at all Mm -hmm. about what's being, the transaction is, being, uh, is taking place over the phone or in person. And likewise, if you want somebody to calm down, you know, you can get really calm yourself. If you want them to speed up a little bit, speed up yourself and see if they kind of take that on. It is a, um, it's part of human nature for us to want to try to bond mm-hmm. with the other person. So that mirroring and matching technique, it really does work. It, you know, it's it's easier, I think, in person to adjust science. how you're sitting adjust how you're holding yourself but if you listen i think you can do that over the telephone as sure. well sure other tips and suggestions we know that uh 93 people say to me all the time well okay so there's some science behind how i should deliver the message but i don't know what that science is i don't know what those techniques are and uh, i oftentimes say that the first thing in deciding what techniques you need to learn really taking a look at what techniques you already have. Mm-hmm. You know, for most of us, we're already equipped to be a really great public speaker. We just need somebody to show us that we already use all these techniques. So if you videotape yourself first and watch that and then stop stop that videotape at certain points. i say about seven seconds in to the videotape, which seems really fast. But if you can't grab somebody's attention in seven seconds, whether you're over the phone or in person, guess what? You've lost them. We have really short attention spans now. <laughs> I'm so. getting worse all the time. Yeah, all the time. So stop your tape at seven seconds. Stop your tape at about a minute and a half in. And then you want to think about your halfway point, however long that tape is, and maybe a minute before the end of your video. And you can just kind of check on a few things. I've got several questions I think you ought to ask yourself along the way. But Jack, what, okay, what are the questions uh, when I'm looking at myself seven seconds in? So I think there are some key questions to ask. The first one is, am I smiling? Is it just with my lips or am I smiling with my eyes? What's happening with my hands right now? Am I moving? And if I'm moving, what's that look like? Is it pacing? Is it just a pivot? Is it you've turned into the audience or away from the audience? What specific movement is going on there? Where where are your arms? You know, for a lot of us to keep our arms at our side or right in front of us, but if you're in a big audience, you know, you need to take up that space, right? You need to be that speech. So I want you to have a little broader reach with your arms. And the last thing maybe to think about is, what did I just say? And how did I really say that? Did I use my voice at all? Was there any kind of inflection or was I quieter for effect? Was Did I get louder at that time? And then there are a few tricks, I call them, you know, a few little techniques you can use with your voice that really can make a person sort of hang on those words. One of them we talked about earlier. So you're choosing, choosing, the, choosing the the word. Yeah. And is it the word? Or is, is it, it the word that you want? You know, that's the thing. You have to kind of think through We take all of our time to write out the content. And then I just think we need to take, remember, content is 7%, right? So if you spend 10 minutes on something, you need to go 90 times that in practice on how to deliver that message if you really want to do a fine job. So you write out your words. But then we need to go back and choose what are the important words there. And if I want somebody to hang on that word, how am I going to do that? And that may take a little technique training. I think that for most of us, it takes quite a bit of technique training. I think uh, for me, the piece that I've always been comfortable with is more of body language. Mm-hmm. I, when I'm doing a presentation face-to-face, it's easy for me to roll my eyes, uh-huh. wink at the audience, right. pause right. to hold them. But I don't think... I use I use my inflection as well and so some of that is, is lost mm-hmm. uh, and quite honestly that's why I've never I think I never thought about it, but I think that's why I don't like how I sound on a webinar. Because you don't get the winks, you don't get the smiles and the nods. Yeah, I think you're right about that. You know that's uh That's the piece that we often miss. We spend all of our time figuring out our content, and then knowing how we're going to interact with the audience. And can I feed off of their energy, and can I look them in the eye? And some of us do a really fine job of that because we are people, people. Mm -hmm. And if you took that extra step and spent more time on what are you saying, how are you saying those words, and then matched up your the rest of your body language, because you may be winking at somebody, you may be having that great smile on your face. What's your leg doing at that time? Or where's your arm at that time? Are you you pushing your arm away and dismissing a thought instead of having an open gesture to people with your palm flat out in front of them where they can see that you really want them involved and it kind of circling them, pulling them in even. If you do that in addition to what your eyes are doing, in addition to how your voice sounds, wow, there's some power in all of that. Awesome, so uh, how does somebody get started? I mean, they, they watch the video of themselves. What else should they be thinking about? Whether it is practicing cold calling or practicing for presentation? Yeah, I mean, if you think about how you even introduce yourself, whether it's at a networking event or let's say that you are introducing yourself even to family members or to new friends in your neighborhood, think about how you are giving that message to them what can they hang on to because we forget names we try to match person with their name the face with the name but we may forget it if we're being introduced to multiple people in a in an hour so what can you do that's going to really make that message stick so if if you are saying that you're a, a marketing um professional in the community how can you give that some extra oomph, you know? Maybe it's not just the words marketing and professional. Maybe you need to give them a bit of something else, an example or a story that goes along with it. So you've chosen some words, but then how do you deliver those words? Are you winking at them when you say it? Do you have a broad smile on your face and smiling with your eyes? You know, there's been a lot of talk about how do you smile with your eyes the past couple of years. So are you doing that? What are you doing with your hands while you say that? Are you giving them a gesture? You know, if, if you're right in front of somebody, you want to keep your gesture sort of from the check line up when you're right in front of somebody. So are you still, are you using a the gesture then? Or did you just not really plan to use any gesture with that? You're just hoping they remember you. So give them something to hang on. And there are some techniques too about uh, how you use your voice beyond putting inflection on the word. There's a great technique that not many people use and it takes some practice, but pull through a consonant. And so, you know, I say all the time, at the, uh, unlike Wheel of Fortune, the money is certainly not just in the, uh, it is in the consonants, it's not in the <laughs> In Wheel of Fortune, you have to spend it on the vowel. So don't think so much about the vowel, but pull through a consonant, especially at the beginning of a word. So if you're saying that you're a marketing professional. And it's marketing. Yeah, I just want you to hold it for a millisecond longer than M at the beginning. And if you're writing it out, you know, when I write it, I write M M M M A R K E T I N G. you know, when I'm planning my script. Like just have that point there for me to have somebody sort of pick on that for a minute. Again, it's subconscious, but the power really is in the confidence. Interesting. It's it's a totally different way of thinking about your presentation because, and I'm trying. I, that that's going to take some work. It does take some work, take some practice, but it's building a new habit. And you can build a new habit, you know, you to replace some of the habits that you had from before. Apply some skill set to it. it trained for it. As I listen to audio recordings of myself, I often think that the, the emphasis is on the wrong work mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how you do hold oh, that. Sure. Oh, God, this is going <laughs> to be nice. My, my talking really weird right now. <laughs> We're not going to be over analyzing all this. Yeah, you're right, though. When people, if you stop yourself on the tape, you're going to find that you have used inflection on the word and mm-hmm. or but. You'll say, it's important to brush your teeth and wash your face in the morning. Yes. And instead of saying, it's important to brush your teeth and wash your face, you're going to say, it's important to brush your teeth and wash your face. and That's the problem with those messages. What we're going to stick on is And did you really want people to stick on that, or is it something else? Yes. I think some of that as a public speaker in in my own personal style, I don't write my speeches down. Um, I do, I rehearse them and rehearse them so they become, you know, wrote and memorized. But you use those connecting phrases to help you remember what comes next, and I think that's why the, the ands and the buts get more attention. It, sure. it, and, and, you know, okay, same thing there. I was holding on the more when I should have been holding on the attention Great. because I was looking for that next idea. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. And that's, you know, that's one of the um, benefits of writing down your speech. And I know many of us uh, don't want to write our speech. We don't want it to be that twisted. Here's the thing, though. When you think about the really good speakers of our time, they keep the saying speech for mm-hmm. 20 years the audience changes. The speech doesn't. Mm-hmm. Writing down your speech gives you the opportunity to choose those words that should get work. Uh, body on um, body language, your tone of voice, gestures, even your movement. Your movement can be can really include your audience or can push them away. Same thing with tone of voice. So are we distracting from our message? Are we causing a distraction for the people? Or if you write it down, you really think through it, you plan it, and you practice that way, you ratchet up your um, ability as a speaker 10, 20, 50, 70% more. Yeah. The, I, I know that the presentations that I give over and over again, mm-hmm. uh, I always I always like the third or fourth time I give a presentation. Mm, right, right, right. The first time it's always a little less, it, it, it's just a little creaky as you're kind of getting all the gears working. And about the third or fourth time, you hit your stride. And then about the 10th or 11th time, you're a little over. You're a little over it. And I almost have to, at that point, go back to the drawing board and freshen it up a little bit. You might want to freshen it up. Many times, though, I say, uh, you know, you might be a little bored with it, but remember, this audience, you're doing it for the audience. Yeah. You know, it's for your business, perhaps, too, but it's really for the audience, with the intent of this is for the audience if you know it's good material and they need the information or they benefit so much from it resist the urge to change it up for you instead work on how you might get that message across more fluently work on the next level of performance for you really go into it thinking i'm going to be this speech this time not just give it it's a challenge for all of us who do speaking quite a bit you know by the tenth time you're right you're chicken. Okay, I've done this enough. I need something new. To resist that urge. Work on the, what you can do for the people to improve their experience with the content. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Other tips, we've got a few more minutes. Something else that our audience should think about, whether it's in their public speaking or in customer service or on the telephone. No matter where you are, it's important. So you know, you've heard that phrase bloom where you're planted, right? It's important, no matter what your stage is, for the opportunity that you have to speak to somebody. So whether it's at your desk, on the phone, uh, in the middle of a classroom, if you're at an event where you are on stage, no matter what the stage is, what platform it is, take it. And that's a really important technique for people to get that speech started off on the right foot. Take the stage with whatever good content you have. Don't take the stage saying thank you. Don't take the stage saying, hi, my name is Lorraine. Take the stage with your great content. Be it, be that speech right from the very beginning. That takes a novice presenter into the category of I should get paid for this. So that's a big, tech, big tip, I think, for for public speakers. That was one of the things, that, that whole thank you thing. Mm-hmm. Years ago, I was in Toastmasters, and and the the message that resonated with me is the audience should thank you. If you have done a good job, if you have delivered information, Mm -hmm. it's okay to close strong and then pause. And I can't tell you how many times I had to bite my tongue Mm -hmm. in the early days. And even every now and then, I still do when I'm done. And I think there needs to be something else, but there doesn't. No, we don't really expect the, uh, the presenter to say thank you, either at the beginning or at the end. But you, you definitely can tell the amateur speaker from a prepared speaker by how they start and how they close. That's just so important. I was at a meeting just a few days ago, and the speaker spent 10 minutes telling me about his career and his life history right. to establish credibility. Right. And all I could think about the entire time he was talking was, I paid money to be here. I assumed you knew what you were talking about. Right, and that speaker really needs somebody to work on their marketing. They need you for all that stuff on the front end that says who the speaker is and why that audience should be so glad to be there. And then they need you on the back end to actually teach them how to deliver Oh, sure. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a big piece of it. But, you know, speakers who do think that they can to tell people who they are right in the beginning, it's always a sign that they they don't have all the pieces and parts that they need to have in the bigger yet. The big one is a, a short bio that you hand the person who is introducing you right. and give them and give them the tools. Is this is what you say about me? Right. Because otherwise they'll say something. Right. And you tell them. I advise people to tell them to read it exactly as it's written. First of all. As a speaker, you need to have a really well-written bio. One, that's a wow bio, not just a here's what I've done for the last 20 years of my career, but a wow bio that's going to set you up to do the best job that you can possibly do for that organization or that audience. And secondly, tell the person to read it. People don't like to do that. They might question you about it, and what I want you to say is, you know what, this sets me up to do the very best job that I can for you and your organization. So you i really prefer that you read it. All right, we are almost out of time. If people want to learn more about public speaking, if they want to learn more about communication skills, we didn't even get into the whole corporate critical communication kinds of messaging, how do they learn more about you? Where do they find you? Accent on Business is our company. We're located in Indianapolis, and you can reach us at 317-218-5111. Of course, we're on the web, accentonbusiness.net. Net, and they can follow you on Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, <laughs> everything else, <is> Google <laughs> what else? Right? <laughs> and that's a whole conversation. I, I know. Have to tell. I know. That's a marketing conversation. <laughs> oh, it certainly is, Thanks Allison. Having it has been so nice to have you. You you have totally quieted Allison down. I'm going to have to bring you back more often when she's being a little rowdy. <laughs> cool. Nothing to say to that, Allison? I'm being very quiet. (laughs) If you have enjoyed today's program, if you would like to learn more about marketing, networking, social media, I like how you said that. Thank you. I did that just for you. Be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of more than a few words. Thanks for listening.